0: Listening to a podcast from Light FM. Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast.
1: And this morning, we're with ophthalmologist Dr. Tai Lai Yong from Pantai Hospital talking about kids' eyesight.
0: Dr. Tai, could you tell us some of the most common eyesight problems kids experience and what that looks like?
2: So, the, the common eyesight problems in kids, main one is a refractive arrow and namely short-sightedness and far sightedness astigmatism. In these conditions, it prevents the light from focusing on the correct retina and then causing blurring of vision. The other common conditions of eye diseases in children includes a squint, cross-eye. These conditions, the eye, one or two of the eye are misaligned by turning in, out, up, or down. And the other conditions is lazy eye. In these conditions, uh, the eye and brain doesn't work together as they should. So from birth until the age of seven to eight, right? the child' eye and brain actually form a very vital connection and if anything that block or blur the vision in either one or two eyes can actually slow down and prevent these connections if this happens the brains might not fully recognize the images that are seen by the uh, lazy eye and then the brain will begin to ignore the images and the eye will become more weaker and eventually they will lose their vision strength and other types of uh, common problems include convergent insufficiency where the child has a uh, problem with a uh, near vision because of eye muscle coordinations and other types of problems like allergy conjunctivitis when there's inflammation of the conjunctiva and child usually present with red eye, itchy eyes and tearing and always like face down, you know, refuse to see you or very, very sensitive to light. And the other problems that I would like to mention is droopy eyelid, where there's drooping of on one or both eye of the upper eyelids which cover the visual axis or visual field of the child. And this is very important. It will lead to lazy eye as well. And the last one I want to mention is telazion it's like a, a swelling or small cysts actually are developed in the eyelid. It's the result from blockage in the glands. Sometimes you can get infections and you'll get more painful and you'll disturb the child.
0: And that's different from a sty, correct?
2: It's actually more nearer to the eyelids. It's the inflammations of the hair follicles glands. For chalazion is more like a blockage of the glands, the meibomian glands. Okay. Sometimes it's a bit difficult to differentiate because it's at the eyelids. So sometimes it can be happened both as well. So the last one is watery eye and eye. I have seen a lot of watery eye in children and can because of the eyelids, malpositions, positions, they born with that. Then they have eyelashes just constantly rub against the mm. cornea or the eye, then causing a lot of tearing and so discomfort. Mm. And the other a bit rare conditions like blocked tear duct, congenital blocked tear duct, where the tear duct is not developed well after birth, then they have a constantly tearing as well. So signs that need to look out, you know, by the parents, if the child's uh, they notice a child's blurred vision, that's far or at near, or they notice a child actually holds holding the digital screen or books, you know, or toy too close or closer to their face than usual, or they have difficulty in reading, playing sport, they'll pull attentions, or they notice their eyes. Somehow it's like sometimes the eye point outwards, inwards, even downwards, just just not uh, aligned with the other eye frequent squinting or they notice the child have abnormal uh, posture like they like to tilt their head up or they, in effort to align the eye or they have always complain pain or headache you know eye straining after long uh, activity or they're sitting too close to the TV, you know, or they like to rub your eye a lot. Frequent eye rubbing, eye itchy, you know, eye redness, discharge or pain. Mm -hmm. Or the child actually complain, I see double, I see double. Or they have a very high sensitivity to light. Parents notice the eyelid is swelling. They notice any lumps and bumps. Then they should actually go to see the eye doctor for consultation or eye assessment.
1: Typically, parents will bring their kids in to see the doctor and then, you know, they'll like wait for some kind of a diagnosis. But is there things that we can arm ourselves with? information? wise we're about bringing our kids for eye examinations and testing
2: usually you can see your family physicians or the pediatrician that usually bring your child for vaccination you can actually ask them to have a look or just do a screening for them if they have any concerns or they notice any abnormality and then they, they will actually refer to eye doctor for proper eye examinations so for us eye doctor we usually will examine the eye quite carefully, we examine the overall health of the eye, eyelids, cornea, all the way to the back of the eye. We do the visual acuity test and then we do a refractions and we assess the eye muscles, you know, the alignments and we do dilate, put a dilating drop to dilate the eye to assess the eye. And sometimes parents have a a very common misconception of saying like, oh, children uh, actually cannot have an eye examination until they can talk or read because the doctor won't know whether the child can, can, you know, can see or not. Mm. Actually, it's not true. Yeah, we actually have a very special equipment that allowed us to check the eye visual ability without requiring the child and actually give us any feedback.
0: So how old can you bring your child in for an eye test if they don't need to read and write? It's in birth. <laughs>
2: Oh really? As a baby? Yeah, yeah oh. we do. Okay. So like a lot of premature uh, baby in the hospital, the doctors, pediatrician do refer to eye doctor to, for eye assessment from since that, wow. because they do have some uh, eye problem, you know, for premature baby especially.
1: So I guess early diagnosis is, is everything, right? There, there's no such thing as too early, right? To bring exactly,
2: a, exactly. Yeah. Especially for children, You as I mentioned early, lazy eye actually is treatable <laughs> if you can catch it early in the critical periods. Before age of seven, you know, if you notice anything, send to eye doctor. They will do a therapy. They will assess them and treat them. If you come up too late, you know, 9, 10 years old or even 12, we can't do much. We can try. But uh, yeah, the brain already developed. We can't Mm. can't really do much for that. Yeah,
0: It's a very, I I don't want to say Asian, but I know Malaysian thing because, you know, I've seen it happen time and time again where a child needs glasses but parents don't want to get kids glasses because they're worried that once you start wearing glasses it's downhill from there the eyesight's only going to get worse i guess it's a myth or is it
2: yes actually you're right so we have all parents come in and ask us you know this this kind of misconceptions and myth we always advise them actually when the child has reflective arrow they have a short sightedness they should wear glasses for them to see clearly to prevent lazy eye if they do not wear glasses in fact they will actually cause more progressions at the short sighted the power increase even more if you do not wear glasses because the child will, will tend to accommodate and it will strain their eye then the power actually will increase faster and there's no study proven if you're wearing glasses Long, long hours and things Actually will cause harm to the eye Or or worsening of the eyesight Yeah, actually it's a myth Yes, you're right Asha
1: Doc, now in this digital age Everyone's got a smartphone That's basically not going to change What are the repercussions for smartphones And and other digital uh, devices That we bring into our kids' eyesight You know, that that becomes part and parcel of their lives
2: Actually nowadays, smartphones and digital devices Has become a major concern to our parents Even myself, so for my kids it's actually it will result in visual impairment somehow so too much of blue lights experience or exposure from the devices actually can cause digital eye straining and uh, can cause dry eye symptoms and headache. Sometimes your body, you can have neck pain, shoulder pains, and blurring of visions. And eventually it will lead to your child behavioural adverse effect. If you notice that, such as like, they just cannot pay attention when they study, poor attention span. And then they're easy to get irritable, you know, and the sleep pattern also will disturb. And sometimes they have a, a bit poor behaviour, too much of stimulates, too much of eye strain. And then they just can't, can't concentrate and learn, learn things. So some parents come to my clinic and ask me, how can I help my child, you know, to protect their sights from the digital devices? I usually give them a few advice, like uh, just have to restrict the child time screen, you know, down to one hour to two hours per day, the most, you know, and try to use a blue light filter. Uh, when they use their digital device, if they can't get it, maybe get the child to wear an eyewear which have a blue light filter. I think you can easily get it from the optical shop. And also, they can perform a rule 20 20, 20 which means like, uh, you can take like 20-second uh, break every 20 minutes away from the reading material or the screen and then look away 20 fits. Yeah, just relax your eye. It will really help. Of course, you need to spend more time outdoor. And this is study proven. Spending more time outdoor activity actually will help to prevent myopia or short-sightedness.
0: There's lots of things that we are told will help our kids like as you said going outdoors another one is uh, looking into the distance so allowing your eyes to see f- as far as you can towards the horizon but what about things like carrots you know they say eat your carrots are good for your eyesight <laughs> is diet in any way helpful for our children's eyes
2: Ah, uh, yes actually diet yes to help especially vitamin a they're actually a good source for pollutants and beta carotene where our body converts it to vitamin a and Vitamin A itself is a good antioxidant and it's a benefit for our eye health. And generally, it protects against uh, age-related degenerative disease. And then if those we uh, have extremely lack of vitamin A, it will cause night blindness. Of course, I, I hardly see in Malaysia actually. Yeah, maybe in other country. Parents should actually add more other foods, uh, which is good. Rich in vitamin C, E, and omega-3 fatty acid in their diet, which is actually good for the eye health as well, such as fish, eggs, Leafy greens, vegetable. I think sweet potato, uh, citrus fruit, yeah, and uh, nuts. seeds like chia seeds, flax seeds. That's very good for the eyes as well. Yeah. Okay.
0: Treat the whole body, you treat the eye. Now, one more thing you mentioned you haven't mentioned before is night blindness.
2: Is that something that affects kids? Yeah, it's mainly uh, if you have a uh, vitamin A deficiency. Yes, you will. And then for those who have inherited eye disease like retinitis they do have a night blindness. What is it? It's a, congen- it's a congenital or inherited diseases. Then uh, it's degenerations at the retina. Then causing the eye cannot actually see good. And then they have problem with their receptor, photoreceptor. Then they eventually they will cause leading to blindness. Early on, they might not, not notice it when the disease progresses. The visual field will get constrict more and more constrict. Then they will experience difficulty to move around in the night, in the nighttime especially. And then if things progress... Eventually, they they will lose their sight.
0: So, what would your recommendation be to families on bringing their kids to see? an eye doctor just for an eye test.
2: Uh, I would say like uh, eye screening is actually uh, very crucial and no need to come and see the eye doctor if you do not want to because they can actually easily do it in family medicine their GP or their, their pediatrician they always go and see them for vaccination just uh, let them assess just a brief assessment have a look in general and then see if they can see or not and just pick up things that, you know, are treatable and they will really make a lot of difference for the kids in the future. Thank
0: you so much, Dr. Tai. Learned quite a bit and actually uh, lots of tips on, on on what to look out for. You can listen to all of our growing pain sessions on the Light Breakfast podcast that's on the Shock app. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.